two girls in a pod. Today's episode is on parenting, and we have a special guest with us, June. A little background, we've known June for 17 years. She was our neighbor, and so still refer to each other as neighbor when we talk to each other. We don't use first names anymore. Anyway, June has two daughters, and uh, I'm going to let June actually talk a little bit more about that and kind of her, kind of give a little bit of background and how she came to take my parenting class and just what that has meant for her. So people, here's June. So I am June. I'm a native of Del Norte, Colorado, and that's where I met Sharon and Christy. I had been in my home for many years and they became my neighbors when they bought the house next door. My daughters were probably ages I don't know, two and seven. And sometimes my younger daughter would uh, sneak off to the neighbor's yard (laughs) and scare Sharon while she's working on the yard. As she said in her introduction, she loves gardening, yard work. Well, apparently my younger daughter Joy did too because she wanted to help the neighbor. So we became very, at that, just getting comfortable with each other as neighbors, it established this great friendship. Well, through the friendship, there were many trials in my life, so to speak, divorce, and then raising children as a single mother, where Sharon and Christy didn't have children. So that led me to think, how could they even relate to help me out? But what they became for me basically would be my crutch, a place where I could vent, and they were the friends that would listen. So as time went on, and my struggles with parenting with my older daughter, who her name's Alicia, you know, I'd go to Sharon and they would listen, kind of gave me a little bit of advice, but nothing more than being a friend there for me. So, so I'm going to pause June here because I want to put this from the perspective of Christy and I and what we would hear this raised voices, you know, because we, you know, we could be outside working. We'd hear the raised voices. We'd go in and Christy and I would sit and wait and look at the door because we knew Pretty soon there would be a knock at the door and here would be June upset about whatever was going on. Yeah, we knew that it was getting loud and that she might be getting frustrated and she'd be showing up soon. Yeah. So they were not just my saving grace. They were were the saving grace of my children because I knew I could go to them instead of get, I jokingly say this, but there may be a little truth in there if you know how hard parenting can be, but prevent me from getting some child abuse charges, you know, I could walk away and uh, go breathe at their house. But as time grew, time went on, and our friendship just got so much closer. I share all the time that they became more like family to me. But at the same time, with Sharon's experience, and if any of you had gone to any of her parenting classes, and she may use this stubborn, feisty person as an example that would be me. There were many parents at this class that I remember the comment they were court ordered. And here I was going willing because I was desperate and I I just did not know how to deal with my strong-willed child. A little through these classes did I realize that my daughter and I were so much alike with a, you know, more of a feisty, strong mind personality. But one of the classes in particular Okay, it was the first class, probably the first day. And why my neighbor never gave me this advice at home, because they were more being my friends with listening ears. But um, she had said for me to agree with my daughter when she says, I'm stupid, or you're crazy, or you're on crack. 
But I'm going to pause her there because we're going to go even further back in this first. And I use this with, you know, with my current clients, if we're talking about parenting and stuff. So Christy also attended the parenting class, kind of to know what the parenting, you know, what I did. And, and it was open to the public. Anybody could take it. We carpooled in. And that night we drove. And yes, you so, were my ride. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so June in this meeting, I'm talking to the parents. I do this and we're talking about the parents. And June looks at me and says, what, June? What did you say to me in that parenting class? Do you, remember? you don't even have kids. How would you know? You don't understand. Alicia is not your daughter. And one of the things, Sharon, one of the many things I've taken from this parenting class, but this one, why I questioned her is she had said, agree with her. And I said, if she calls me stupid, if she calls me dumb, yes, Alicia, I know today I'm stupid. I know what I'll be tomorrow. I wonder what I'll be tomorrow. And I said, I am not going to let my daughter talk to me like that. And Sharon's words were June, but she already does. Okay. As you could tell probably by my tone, I'm not a quiet person, but I was left speechless at that moment because there was truth in that. She is already talking to me like that. And Sharon taught me how to deal with that. And it was my homework. That's all the homework. It wasn't overwhelming. June, try it. Trust me. Trust me. Even though I had already kind of criticized my neighbor friend who became family to me in front of a class full of other parents. Uh, Thank goodness for good friends who can love you through all those things. But I, I, when I did, and I said that to my daughter, Alicia, I agreed with her with heavy, heavy burden on my heart and stuff because this isn't going to work. That was already my mentality. But when it did, and my daughter had nothing else to say except, I don't know what they're teaching you in that parenting class, but they're stupid. Because that was her reaction to everything, I guess, at that point in her little adolescence life. But um, it worked. And that was my starting point, truly, of trusting someone in a professional field that really knew what they were saying and doing without even having children of their own. There is a reason that that Sharon is amazing and good at what she does. And, you know, the thing that's really interesting is you, you know, you have to understand that Christy and I love Alicia and Joy. We absolutely love and adore them. And we'd spend time with Alicia too. So when she was saying this about the stupid parenting class, she did not know I was the teacher of the parenting class. We told her much later. Yeah, she didn't even know we were going to a parenting class. She went to a football or basketball game, and I'm going to a parenting class that my neighbor is the one in charge of. So Christy and I would talk about that, about hearing that and knowing that there was dissension in their household. But it was just that thing of, I know for me it was, you know, June and the girls just meant so much to us, and... I imagine for Christy, it was the same thing of being involved in it to that degree. We wanted to support them and for them to get to that place where that their relationship was good. So if we could help that happen, we were happy to be there for them. And what is nice about like even our friendship and not to speak in detail, but there were things I knew maybe in Christy's life as far as her childhood and, and maybe how her mom treated her. And then there was things in my life, my upbringing. I had a wonderful mom 
My dad, he was the one that caused a lot of chaos in my upbringing. But, but that aside, I think Sharon had a more solid foundation with her parents and the relationship, but it helped me to know that I could go in any direction with either one of them and they could, we could relate to each other in, in some way. So that when Sharon did her introduction and talked about us feeling safe, even through this, I already felt safe in my friendship with them. You know, one of the things is, is we want the people listening to feel safe and also to feel encouraged. So June, we appreciate that you talked about the importance of feeling safe when you talk about things and, and feeling safe, you know, in the parenting class eventually and trusting in the process. But, you know, one of the other things that we, you know, we worked on was that oftentimes you would get really, really frustrated with Alicia and, and that frustration would come out as she's grounded or give me your phone or all of those things. And I asked you one day for how long and what was your response? Till I'm ready. <laughs> there was no limit because I was angry. Mm-hmm. And what did I tell you? You said, June, you'll never give her a chance to redeem herself then if she never knew when she's getting the phone back or how many weeks are you grounded instead of forever. You know, we started with the day or or things like that. So I actually, Sharon, want to tell you, I've used a lot of your parenting skills for some of the younger parents, even that I know now. So again, thank you. (laughs) We like that, you know, when people spread the knowledge, man, but you know, you know, we would, and I know Christy and I would talk about that sometimes after you would say, well, she's, you know, she doesn't get her phone back ever or whenever I feel like it, or when I think she's learned and we were always there. What? Yeah. That just kind of leaves you hanging. How how long (laughs) do I need to be good for? (laughs) I know, I know. But not only that, when when there's no end, there's nothing to work for. So if I'm never going to know when I'm going to get something, why bother? I remember you saying that. Saying, what is Leisha looking forward to then if she doesn't even know? Just like you said, what is she working for if if it's taken away permanently in my mind? And part of that thing of redeeming of allowing people to redeem themselves is I'm sure even you, Christy, you know, myself, that if we make a mistake, we want to at least feel like we're given the opportunity to make it right. Yes. And I remember you sharing that with me as well then. (laughs) Because, and I don't know that you remember details as much as I do because I was the one needing the help. But, you know, as far as parenting, but I remember you even saying to start out like small, I don't have, let the, okay, you'll have to word it correctly for me, but you were almost like, let the discipline. Let the punishment fit the crime. Yes, let the punishment fit the crime. There you go. So it was like, she didn't do anything so horrible that even had anything to do with her phone. So why would I take the phone? Or for instance, if she wasn't where she said she was going to be, then that's, I'm losing the trust of where she should have been, not give me your phone. So I remember, yes, let the punishment fit the crime. Which makes sense to help them make that connection. Correct. Yeah. I mean, I know as an adult, I don't want to be driving down the highway, you know, and get pulled over and the cop just take my license and say, well, you'll get it back when I feel like you can drive better. I agree. You know, I mean, we might yes. get a little upset with that. Yes. But, 
But I think that's what it is. And, you know, we talked about being clear on what those consequences were. Letting letting her know, whether it was her or Joy, letting them know what that consequence was and how it was tied into whatever that infraction was. Right. You know? Because when I would tell her, for instance, Kay, Alicia... And it was, I don't remember the incident. And I I know I keep saying Alicia because she was my strong-willed child. But it was more, okay, two days. What, Mom? Do you want to make it three? No. And then she got it back in two days. Or, no, you're not going to see your friends for a week. You're not going over there. Okay? She knew in a week she could. I don't know if now's the time, like, I could share the example when I had to trust her when she was going to her friends well, to spend the night. And the little segue into that is that for parents to understand is when there are certain things children do, as adults do too with children, but it breaks trust. And trust is really that thing that is very difficult sometimes to earn back, to get back. But as a parent, you have to help facilitate that as well sometimes. So, yes. yes, now go into you because that fits yes, right in. you know where I'm getting at. Yes. Yeah. She was going to go and spend the night, and I had already did my research like I knew how. I knew the parents weren't there. I, I just, but I had to let Leisha know I trusted her. And she went, and I don't even believe it was 30 minutes later, she comes home. And I said, oh, what are you doing, pumpkin? You know, even though my heart was hurting because I'm like, ah. But she came home and she says, mom, there was a party. And we were going to, they invited me to the party and I just don't want to fight with you. She didn't want to disappoint me knowing I was trusting her. And that was a huge, huge break in the start of our good relationship. Because then I could thank her. Thank you for being honest, Alicia, you know, and, and she didn't go and we stayed and talked and she was probably, I don't know, 14, 15 years old. It was me listening to the advice coming from a professional person like you, Sharon, (laughs) and trusting just like I have to trust to talk about it. I had to trust that what you were telling me, you even would say that, trust me, I'm telling you it's going to work okay, then I got to trust that and I've got to try it. I got to do it. And I'm telling you, anyone out there listening, it worked. Well, and I think the other thing is true. It's it what we were working on, whether it wasn't about changing a behavior. In, parent, in the parenting I taught, it was about developing a relationship. And I think that is something that you could really see. I know that we could see that change in Alicia and you in how that relationship started to develop in a more nurturing, healthy way. Absolutely. There was less mm-hmm. yelling. <laughs> <laughs> less yelling and showing at the neighbor's uh, front door knocking, right? Right. <laughs> well, and I think the thing is, is that it made it also when we would then get together and stuff, there was such a, a different calm too, when we would get together and stuff, it wasn't like anticipating that you and Alicia were going to get cranky with each other. Right. Right. Because it happened even in, you know, Disney World. We joke about that now where magical dreams come true. You know, it was a nightmare. 
and it was personalities and everything else. So, but it was also yeah. something that you guys didn't hold on to. I mean, once even at Disney World, people, we were her neighbor because <laughs> we shared the we had the adjoining room and we could hear that starting, and it was like, oh well, it's time to us to go and find that magical place. <laughs> right. right. Well, and the thing is now, you know, here I have a 27-year-old daughter who's now a mother. I joke with her a lot in a more, I can help you, Leash, because now her daughter is literally like the spitting image of her, the strong personality. And Leisha also knows what I did worked. But now she's the parent trying to do and make it work. So it's just amazing through even all, all these years have passed the system or however you would call it, the techniques or the homework, I get just, I held on to it, Sharon, because it, it just changed our lives and, and our relationship as mother-daughter. So, Well, and I think that's what we really want to see happen is, you know, when we're doing these parenting and, and you know, even talking to people, it's, it's really about developing that relationship that becomes a lifelong relationship with your children and you have that into adulthood and being able to hold on to that and to nurture it. Even now, you know, with you and Alicia, you're really good about you still have those boundaries with her. You know, if it's if it's you saying, no, I'm going to go ride my Harley this weekend. I'm not going to be grandma. I'm not committing to my summers to babysit, yes. Uh-huh. You know, being able to do that. And you guys have the type of relationship now that she hears that message and there's no animosity. Correct. Yep. You know, and I think wow. those are the important things. Yes. Um, so for people out there, so that's Alicia. Joy is your youngest daughter. And you had to parent her differently because her personality is very different. Yes. It was actually, even though it was more stressful parenting Alicia, parenting Joy was more challenging because she'd cry. And Joy, do you want to talk? No. It was a whole different, I don't know, just a whole different even way of, because her personality wasn't me yelling at her or her yelling back. It was like 100% opposite, silence, don't want to talk. That was different for me and and, and hard because I didn't know how to communicate with silence, if that makes sense. Uh, yeah, that's how I was more growing up. I didn't um, yell back or that, so I'm sure that was a challenge for my mom. <laughs> right, because yelling for Alicia and I was communication, even if it was in a negative way. When there's silence and you've got a somebody with a personality like yours, Chrissy, where it's calm, even to this day, you're that calm, softer spoken, yeah. few words, and that was joy, and I was not used to that. Well, you I know? think, too, at least when you, you're right, when you have that other person engaging, you're still understanding the message, I'm angry, or the verbiage out of that other person, out of Alicia, still gave you information Whereas with Joy, that shutdown, you're left in the dark. Exactly. And sometimes I tell people it's holding space for them for a short period of time and then having that conversation with them. Right. You know, what is this about? Mm -hmm. What is something I can do to help you? Well, nothing. Okay, well, then maybe just sitting here with you is enough. Yeah. 
Because I would say that, Joy, can I just hug you? And if she would say no, then okay, okay. But if she'd say yes, then I would just do that. And her, my parenting with her wasn't because of any behavior. It was, she was a very emotional person, Mm -hmm. child, I should say. And her issues may have been friends or confrontation that she didn't like. So it was a lot different for sure. Mm Mm-hmm. And which is interesting because even in that, sometimes it's still easier to redirect the Alicia's than it is to redirect the Joy's. Right. Because the Joy's shut down. So you don't, so like if you're there and you're telling somebody like Alicia, you need to go clean up the kitchen. She might gripe to you about it. She might say, but she's going to go do it. Right. Whereas Joy, with that type of personality, go do the thing. You can't even talk to her because you don't even know where she's at at that point. So pretty soon, you know, an hour later, you're still thinking, oh, wait, the kitchen's not done. (laughs) Yeah. And she went and fell asleep because she wanted to avoid cleaning the kitchen. No, (laughs) You know, that was her since she was itty bitty. Time to clean up. Oh, where's Joy? Sleeping. So those were some of the the battles. But you know what I think? You know, I talk about myself a lot because I was a single parent and I didn't have another person as far as a mate to help me and support me but I had you all as my neighbors and then I had you Sharon as my doing the parenting class things like that but there's so much hope in parenting and one thing I've always I say now kids grow so fast so my battles that seemed like they were yesterday were so long ago You know, and and you can make it through. And when you feel there's no way out and you feel like you're not going to make it or you're not doing the right things as a parent and we could be hard on ourselves and we could be hard on our children. And I, I just think it's unnecessary anger, (laughs) unnecessary yelling, uh, unnecessary emotions is how I, I feel now that I know what I was taught Is that making sense? Am I boarding it right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And sometimes a parenting class helps. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Even though you don't have kids of your own, how do you know? (laughs) But, you know, I was sharing with the coworker today how parenting class, actually, okay, Sharon, it wasn't my coworker. It was a new patient and she worked for mental health. And I, she has a 12-year-old and a 10-year-old, their daughters. And, and that's what made me share my story today. It, it wasn't the coworker. It was the patient. And I said, oh, my goodness. I went to a parenting class. I was the only one sitting in that room that wasn't court-ordered. I was willing. I needed help. And I shared some of the, the things that I told her my, the person teaching the parenting class was actually my neighbor. And very good friend, one of my best friends, I shared that with her about your daughter needs to be able to redeem herself. Let the punishment have an end, not just this open punishment type thing. And that's who I was sharing it with. But I've shared also with my coworkers and their little situations with their little children. Well, and, you know, that's I think what we're hopeful for is, you know, as we plant seeds and we do stuff like that. You know, Christy and I are always talking about sometimes what the thing we do in life is we plant a seed and where it goes from there, we can always hope that it flourishes. But, you know, and I think as, as a therapist, I always, I believe that my job is to plant seeds and to give people maybe a different perspective 
or perception of what is happening in that moment in order for them to see an alternative to that space that they're in. Right. You know, and I think with parenting, that's such a huge thing in that people so much of the time. And also, you know, we would talk about this sometimes, June, with you is also you identifying that sometimes that place that you came from was not necessarily maybe even about Alicia, but it was driven also by your divorce. That is also true. Because for anyone listening, sometimes, like, for instance, I divorced him and I couldn't stand him. And then you look at, which is his child as well. And I remember you saying that to me, she is not him. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, why do I dislike her? She's not him. And it was the anger and bitterness inside me that had nothing to do with my child. You're right. It was the other person. And I think that and I think that happens often when I'm talking to parents and they're then they're talking about their child and especially if there's been a divorce or sometimes if there's been a remarriage and it's the step parent or things like that. I start talking about but where's that coming from in you? What is this about you? Well, no, you don't understand this. I said, no, that's a five-year-old or a 10-year-old. That's yeah. about you. Where is that feeling really, truly coming from? And right. once they're able to identify where that feeling's coming from, then they can change it. And maybe they do that because of seeing a, a personality trait or something like that in the child that reminds them of the ex, you know, or well, something. That's exactly right, Christy. That's exactly what it was. Yeah. I think and when it was pointed out to me that way, it was, I felt so sad for my child. Right. But I think people do that, you know, unknowingly. Well, right. and, then, and then once again, when you had that information, then you work to redeem yourself, whether she knew it or not. Right. Do you understand? Yeah, you right. really did work on that anger piece in you about him. And you, you kind of let that go where it concerned, particularly Alicia. Right. You know, and I think those things are important because sometimes I tell parents, you have to do a check on what is your emotion at that time. And, you know, the other thing we talked about in that was what is the message of her misbehavior? Right. And I remember you explaining it in a way of she could be naughty with me. She was testing me. But yet, like to see, am I going to leave her like he did? Because in her eyes, he left her. Her mm-hmm. daddy left her, you know, and I remember you saying that she's, you're her safe place, June, and she was going to, of me of all people, push me to the limits to see if I would stay. I can't remember how you worded that, but I thought, oh, is that why she's so naughty with me? <laughs> you know? Well, and once again, once you were able to kind of move that anger away, huh? then you were able to see her more of who she was and not that reminder because in reminding you, you know, he kind of did leave all of you, but for them, he truly left them because they're a part of him. Right. But you got to that place where you could help both of them navigate some of that. Right. You know, and I think those are the things that are important is once again, not only did you allow Alicia time to redeem herself as a parent, you allowed yourself time to redeem yourself and to make the changes that you had to. And with all of the parents, I tell them, once again, I feel all the parents that I've worked with have always been doing the best that they could with what they had. 
Yes. And I think I remember those words from you also. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes we get overwhelmed. There's life going on around us. And as a parent, you have to make some really tough choices for your children. You have to make choices that they're not going to like. You have to set rules that they're not going to like. And there's often times that they're going to push back with that. Right. Well, and you know, as a parent, we feel we have to do it on our own. Or I felt like I was less of a strong parent if I admitted I needed help. But the truth is, we need help in life in all areas. And when I, Like you said, I did the best I could with the knowledge I had. And the truth is, we don't really come into this with much knowledge. No. So so going through the parenting class or even the advice you would give me when I'd come over, you know, that that was something I never heard of. You know, agree with her, let her say that, you know, or or let her redeem herself. That wasn't my world and my upbringing. So the knowledge you gave me is what helped. I'm telling you, if I didn't do the parenting class or listen to your advice as a professional, I don't know that the outcome would be as great as it has been. So when we think we don't need help or we don't deserve help or what does someone know that they don't have children of their own? I don't know if unfair is the word, but it is unfair to me as a parent and unfair as a professional person who is trained to know what works. So I'm all about parenting classes and Paul Sharon. (laughs) You were amazing. It's the truth. You gave me more knowledge to know how to do this the right way. And you always tell people you have to, when I'm talking to clients or when I would do parenting classes, I would tell them you need to find your verbiage. You need to find what's going to work within your family system. But, But the thing is, is you need to give it, do your best when you learn these skills, do your best. Right. And it's okay, okay. if sometimes it doesn't work. Or people are often here, well, that didn't work or that only worked once. Well, yeah, they're looking for consistency. And I always tell people you have to continue yes. to do it. Right. And someone like you in the professional field also, Sharon, like when we you would say do our own verbiage, sometimes we don't know it. And you would tell me what to say. Mm -hmm. This is your homework. When she says this, June, tell her A, B, and C. And you gave me the verbiage because I didn't know even what verbiage was except yelling. So even that, you know, coming from someone in the professional field helps. And, you know, that's the other thing we talk about in parenting is, you know, the people that we learned parenting from was our parents. Oh. And so we will sometimes use that same parenting style and sometimes even if it's a style we don't like but we we will say to ourselves well by golly I turned out okay so therefore but that's not the point the thing is is that we turn out the way we do partly because of who we are in our own right with minus the parenting the parenting is a contribution to it but we give more credit to maybe the parenting than the work that we do or whatever that is so when you look at that, and I always tell parent, you know, when I do the parenting class, that's one of the questions I ask, how do you show a child you love them? Did you remember that was the first question I asked in my parenting class? I kind of do remember. I just don't remember what my answer was. How do I show her or show my children how I love them? You know, my thing was spending time with them 
but then spending time with them turned to be a disaster. So I just was kind of at a loss for anything at that moment. You know, and I think that oftentimes, you know, when, when we're doing the parenting classes, you know, I would often hear this, you know, I would ask that question, how do you show your child you love them? And, you know, moms would often say, well, I hug them. Mm-hmm. I say, I love you. Yes. But the dad would say, I fixed his bike or I work and bring home money so we can eat. Mm-hmm. And I always tell people, but, you know, and I always tell males that that's all fine and good, but that that doesn't tell a child they love him. It just tells him you're a handyman and you know you're a worker bee. <laughs> yes. Do you remember like when I started the one-on-one mother-daughter dates mm-hmm. and it was to spend individual time with them, me and Alicia on a date alone, going out to eat a movie, whatever she chose. And then Joy knew her turn was next. They grew and accepted that and we still will do it now. You know, find time alone. Well, and I think what's important is that I talk even today when I'm working on parent-child relationships, that's one of the things I tell them, take that one-on-one time. Because when you have more than one child, it's hard because if one's escalating, that one always gets the attention. So the one who doesn't never gets the attention or it's it's more negative attention. So I say, build those relationships do those things where you can have that time with that specific child. Now, can that time also be too much? Yes. <laughs> oh, the one-on-one? Yeah, because when I think when you're an only child, or like with Christy, we're raised predominantly alone. Right. So right. There, wasn't, there wasn't shared time. Really I else. Yes, I see what but you're sometimes saying. Sometimes that can be overwhelming too, because as a child in your developmental stages, your goal is to develop your own identity. And you right. can have a parent who really does believe in that moment they're doing the best because they're being your friend, they're playing with you, they're doing all this and all that. And the child can be there like, okay, can I have a long time now? <laughs> where the child needs the break from the parent right Mm -hmm. but and children don't know how to verbalize that you know they don't think about saying something like that but it is true I feel like that you just sometimes need that time alone that space and you don't know to ask for it but sometimes it could be frustrating right and once again not that parent who's doing that is doing it with intention to smother or whatever they really do at that moment once again feel like they're doing the best that they can with what they have because those things can go both ways you know we can be overly invested in our child which isn't good either because that doesn't teach resiliency that doesn't teach all of those things that are really important as well or you can be the one who's arguing and fighting with the child so now it's a little more combative or you have the one who the the relationship is really non-existent Right. There's all different kinds of scenarios that we look at and that we see in those parent-child relationships. And they can be really taxing on individuals at any time. Right. Right. But once again, it's what are some of those things that hopefully that you did with Alicia that she holds on to and she passes on to her two little ones? You know what I mean? Yes. Because you know what she just recently said to me is with... Zaylee, she's like, you know what, mom? 
you did not change your mind. When you said it, you meant it, and that was it. And and that means the punishment part. Two days. Wouldn't give in, even though she was nice an hour later, you know. And she says that's what she's already starting with her daughter. No, this is what I said. You had one popsicle. That's enough. You're not having any more tonight. Doesn't matter how much whining or the please, please, mommy. No. And and that is where you taught me to be consistent. And then I taught Alicia <laughs> through me being consistent. And now she's using that well, in her parenting. That's another really important thing is that consistency. Setting the boundaries, but then that consistency they're pushing to see if it's going to happen because they don't trust you. Because if you don't follow through, then why should they believe you the next time? Right. And There's no way with it. And yeah. that's where the whole, what do you call it, hurricane goes on. It's a, it's a mess in a home, you know, in parenting. And, and I think, not that I'm trying to end this, but Sharon, when you said you planted the seed, I'm telling you the seed grew roots and from the roots it is growing branches and i will be forever grateful and thankful for that well i can carry it on and now my daughter carries it on and so and i think it's always great when we have i always tell people one of the things about being a therapist is it's not a hard about it but for for a majority of our clients or for the people we do parenting class with or whatever we don't get to see where that goes, you know. And so for me, it's kind of a really neat experience that I get to see this, you know. We're, and, and, you know, it was so, you know, we got to see uh, Alicia and, and meet her newest baby this wow. last time when we were down in, uh, in Del Norte, which was such an exciting time for us because oh. we just, we, we feel such a connectedness to you guys. And, you know, you have to admit that little boy is just... They're just cute kids. Both of them, just <laughs> little dolls. Thank you. They are. And because we're still neighbor and we're family, uh, we were just going to go in and peek at him because he was sleeping. That's right. <laughs> and then I walked out of the room with him because he was. But I have to tell you people, this little boy, he wakes up, looks around, oh, and smile. then has the biggest smile. Yeah. It's like he is so happy you know yes. and you know when i'm always observing things you know and but seeing that seeing that happy seeing that contentness that feeling of safety right. you know those are the things as parents you know those are the things that you're really wanting to instill in children is that sense of safety that sense of consistency and and follow through and just but also being able to nurture that and i think that next piece is you got all of that down where you weren't engaging in the negative thing, but you also implemented some positive things as well. Like you said, the dinners, taking them out on dates, spending more of that. Then after that, the quality time that you guys were spending together, you didn't have that anxiety of, oh, this is going to turn into, you know, <laughs> right. that hurricane as you call it. <laughs> right. You know, right. so then you even are able to relax more in that relationship. That was true. Mm-hmm. You know, but making those changes. But, you know, oftentimes people come to me and they want me to change the child. And I always say, 
we can always change behavior, but it becomes more powerful in anything that we do is when we develop those really strong relationships. We work to nurture them and to make them stronger every day. And we do that through loving them and accepting them. And, you know, we talked, you know, about in the parenting too, about helping your children to reach their dreams, know what their dreams are so you can encourage that. And I know that you're very proud of Alicia because, you know, she's doing her thing now, which is the microblading and having her own business. Yes. And being a mom and raising her children. Now, June, when you think back to that 12, 13, 14 year old did in your head, did you see her being successful? (laughs) I know. (laughs) (laughs) And I almost pictured not knowing where she was in life because we didn't get along so much. And, And here she is, you know, in this, where she, this is her, her dream to have her own business, which I'm sure she didn't even visualize it then, but yeah, there is hope and there's a, how it is as childhood doesn't mean it's going to be their adulthood. And, and what's exciting as a parent, because I will tell Alicia, I will always be your mom and I will speak to you as one adult to another. I have never said I will be your friend because I will never be her friend. I'm her mom, but I will speak to her as an adult. You know what I mean? And I will tell her sometimes, you know, Alicia, when you're talking to me, hon, I want to say something, but I only want to give you my advice or opinion if you want it. Because I don't want to be naggy or think that my way is the way. And you know what? She'll say, Mom, how did you this? Even the business part. I've never owned my own business, but... You know, I've said it's about you. I've said, call Sharon and Christy. They own their business. Maybe they could help you, you know. All that set aside, no, I never pictured her where she is today when when she was 14 years old or 12. And, I, and you know, as we're getting ready to kind of wind down here, one of the things is is helping people to understand that there is hope, that when you decide you want to invest there's an investment in your children. When you decide you want things to change, it always comes back to like we've talked about in all of almost all of our episodes, I believe that it comes back down to effective communication. And we can always learn better ways of doing that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know, me as a person, I truly believe and I will vouch for it for as long as I live. There are professionals out there for a reason. And it's okay to reach out and get that help, you know. So if I could say anything, never feel prideful. Never feel you don't deserve the help or never feel you have to figure it all out on your own. There's people, educated, professional, knowledgeable, that can help through this journey of life as well. And, you know, I think that's what it is, is remembering that, you know, we're not an island and that it's okay to feel vulnerable or to do those things is always a hard thing. And, you know, even realizing that even with Alicia, part of it was she felt vulnerable. You were vulnerable. And when you guys were able to come to that place of understanding that there was nothing wrong with that because you were hurt. And yes. in that, admitting that and then saying, I don't want it to be this way anymore. You were tired of the fighting. 
you really were at that place where you wanted something to be different, but you I had to invest. Know. Had you not invested, it doesn't matter how many times you come to a parenting class it, or, or go to therapy or whatever it is, your relationship with your children, your spouses, your bosses, your job, it doesn't matter. When we lack an investment in that, that's when we have a problem. That investment, and as Christy said, communicating, we have to learn to communicate we have to learn to say, I need help, or no, I don't want that hug, or whatever that is, and that people are okay with that communication, and that we honor and respect it, and we continue to encourage it. Right, absolutely. And I think when you can find people you can trust and feel safe with and communicate with them, that's a good starting point right there you know one of the things is is you know we really hope that the listeners can walk away you know with something from the episode and under what, what the biggest thing I think I want people to walk away with is that there is hope in those relationships and it comes with that investment it comes with that communication and I tell people the easiest thing we can really do is love somebody and children that's what they're really looking for is they just want to be loved they want to be seen they want to feel valuable and as adults you know I always say that as adults it's our responsibility with youth to role model those behaviors that we feel are really important and that we want them to emulate later on in life so hopefully that's the message that uh, people walk away with today and that if you need help you go get it and June, thank you so much for doing this and for finally coming around and understanding that we didn't have to have children in order to understand this. And <laughs> yes. we, the, regardless of that, we salvaged our friendship, and you know now we're going on you know seventeen years stronger, whatever it is. It's, it's absolutely. It's been a long time, and as always, we love you. And uh, thank you again for joining us. Yes, you're welcome. Thank you for having me as one of your guests. Okay. Love you both. All right. We'll talk soon. Okay. Bye. Bye. Bye.